Hour number two on this uh, sunny Tuesday afternoon, Hartman and Harrigan podcast available for you anywhere. You can sign up and get podcasts. Just punch in our show. And uh, Dave does an excellent job giving you a variety of options, whether it's segment by segment, whether it's half hours, whether it's the entire show, you sign up, you'll get all those available to you, and then you just say, I want to listen to this one, I want to listen to that one, and you uh, pick and choose. So again, Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, you name it, anywhere you get your podcasts, just punch in Chad Hartman Show. Also, follow us on Twitter. Would love to have more of this audience follow us on Twitter. feel like I have a very different audience that follows me on Twitter. Would like to have more of this audience come over and follow on Twitter at Chad Hartman Show, at Dave underscore Harrigan. We'll have uh, Wolves tickets tomorrow. Jamie Ucas, bottom of this hour, and our guy Brian Sullivan, excuse me, from uh, CNBC is going to join us at 2.05. I want to get to uh, some items that are not related, but I think uh, merit some dialogue here. And we have talked about this story before. But more information comes out, and it is... uh, It is indefensible that this happened and the lawsuit makes all sorts of sense, but these easily should have been stopped. This is about the six-year-old boy in Virginia who shot and wounded his first grade teacher. And the report, according to a legal notice filed by an attorney representing the teacher, Abby Zwerner points out the six-year-old, a boy, constantly cursed at staff and teachers, chased students around, tried to whip them with his belt, and once choked another teacher until she could not breathe. Two days before the shooting, the boy slammed the teacher's cell phone, and broke it. He was given a one-day suspension. But as we discussed, and if you've paid attention to this, when he returned to class the next day after serving the suspension, he pulled out a 9-millimeter handgun and shot her while she sat at a reading table. Let's not forget the part, Dave, we emphasized a lot in detail when we talked about this two weeks ago. This document reiterates that several hours before the shooting, at least three teachers and staff members warned administrators they believed the boy brought a gun to school. The backpack was searched, but no gun was found. Remember, we talked about that part too, Dave, because... When they looked 
at the backpack, someone else told them, you don't need to look in the backpack because the kid took the gun with him when the kid went out for recess. How many levels of complete and total incompetence do you have to have? And there are a lot of things that happen in this kid's life which may have played a part in these actions. But once one or two of these actions, Dave, takes place, you have to determine whether this kid should be in the school at the time, if this kid is in the school, how many precautions you are taking. And with all this as a backdrop, Dave, all of this as a backdrop, how is it possible that when four different individuals who work there, three teachers and administrators, are telling you that they believe the kid has a gun, you are not going further than they did. There is no explanation other than putting everyone's lives at risk who came in contact with this six-year-old for what happened. Never, ever should have reached the level. And I, <clears throat> I got to be honest, I think this should be an even bigger story than it is. I think you're right. I, I, I completely agree with that. It's as details just keep compounding and compounding. It's, it's unfathomable, unfathomable to believe that on the day of the shooting, literally nothing was done. You know, well, he brought the gun out to the recess. Well, come on now. He's got little pockets. There's no way he could do that. Yes. Good that, reminder. That being actually said, you know, one, one, uh, kid, by, by an adult. Yes. By an adult. Um, the story of a, uh, another kid who was out on the playground with him and, and the six-year-old showed him the gun and said, if you tell anybody, I'm going to shoot you. And so the kid mm-hmm. thankfully did tell somebody and nobody did anything. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's absolutely incredible. And to hear the, the, the latest stories now, um, the smashing of the cell phone, the, you know, foul language they talk about. Uh, the way he spoke to his teachers and others, chasing kids around to hit with a belt. You think those kids didn't tell their parents about all that stuff going on? Right. And you think the parents didn't bring it to the teachers and the school administrators' attention? You know more of that's going to come up. Of course it will. It absolutely should. should. I mean, it's what what parent would want their child in class with somebody who's repeatedly doing this kind of stuff? They're... I mean, how did you not have an intervention long before a gun was ever brought to school? It's not just Abby's Werner, the teacher, who's in the process of this litigation. You nailed it. Other parents, other individuals who are subjected to this should be contemplating litigation. Let's get to uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is immensely successful as a podcaster. Hate him, love him, sometimes hate him, sometimes love him. He has a lot of success. 
So he has a recent podcast, and he's talking about Nancy Pelosi and her endorsement of Adam Schiff, which by the way, this is such a weird story with Diane Feinstein, whose health clearly is not the same, where she hasn't even announced that she's not running. We have Schiff and Katie Porter, who've already said they're going to run. Schiff, at least, has said if she doesn't run. Uh, Porter said I'm in. So here's Rogan, okay? It's crazy. Did you see him referring to Schiff now? Sitting next to Ilhan Omar. We talked a lot about the decision by Congress. We had Ilhan Omar on the show talking in length about it. Here's a prime example how you can podcast, how you... Go back and listen to Ilhan Omar leading up to how she was removed from the House Foreign Affairs Committee. You can go back. Again, Chad Hartman, she'll get your podcast. Back to Rogan. Did you see him referring to Schiff sitting next to Ilhan Omar? Where she's apologizing for talking about it's all about the Benjamin, which is about money. She's talking about money. This is not an anti-Semitic comment. I don't think it is. Benjamin's our money. Hell yes, it is. And I went back and forth with Congresswoman Omar about it. It's 100% a Jewish trope. Jews, Benjamins, and about the money. Maura Rogan, he went on. The idea that Jewish people are not into money is ridiculous. Wait for it. This is Joe Rogan. That's like saying Italians aren't into pizza. It's effing stupid. Rogan later said about Ilhan Omar, whether you agree with her or not, she has a bold opinion, and that opinion is not her own. There's many people that have the opinion, and they should be represented. Okay, let's just take this in for a second. Comparing... A repugnant comment about people of a certain faith and they're predisposed to like money. Why not? Let's go with control too, Joe. And then to say that's the same thing as Italians liking a food item. And then saying she's not the only one who has that. They should be represented. I guess I normally think Joe Rogan's a pretty, well, on certain topics, I guess I think Joe Rogan's pretty intelligent. Could he be any more clueless about a broad-based insult? And again, yes, what Ilhan Omar said was anti-Semitic. She's explained repeatedly, repeatedly. It hasn't been like the Joe Rogan explanation. So before Dave chimes in, are you with Joe Rogan somehow? Are you accepting Joe Rogan's explanation here? Just like Italians like pizza and pasta. That's the same thing like Jews being predisposed to like money. It's grotesque. It's 
it's it's part of the rise of anti-Semitism, which is up dramatically, sadly, terribly in this country. And oh, by the way, let's be clear about this, disagreeing with policy positions offered up by the Israeli government is never anti-Semitic. Just because you disagree with policy positions offered up by leadership here doesn't mean you hate America. We know what tropes are. And just disagreeing with the policy is not a trope. But saying, oh, they love power and they love money. Yeah, that's gross. And and you're <laughs> you might want to look in your soul if if this is somehow difficult for you to call this out or you somehow are condoning it. You're accepting it. You want to chime in on that? You can. 651-461-9226. Jamie Ucas is about uh, 10 minutes away. Number text on the six-year-old. I appreciate that. Dave, I want you to pick up on Joe Rogan here. Again, I'll reset this. He's uh, on his podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience, with a couple others, and he's talking about Ilhan Omar, Congresswoman here, and the criticism for her anti-Semitic comments. <clears throat> and so I'm on an interview that she did on CNN. As the, the interview was on with uh, Dana Bash, where it was Swalwell, Schiff, and Omar all eventually taken off. Uh, certain committees. And he's talking about Adam Schiff. He says, did you see him sitting next to Ilhan Omar? Where she's apologizing for talking about it's all about the Benjamins, which is just about money. She's talking about money. That is not an anti-Semitic comment. I don't think it is. Benjamins are money. Yeah, look at the full context. It's a, It absolutely <clears throat> was an anti-Semitic comment. He then adds, in a, just a filthy way, the idea that Jewish people are not into money is ridiculous. That's like saying Italians aren't into pizza. It's effing stupid. He adds, whether you agree with her or not, talking about Congresswoman Omar and her comment, she has a bold opinion. And that opinion is not her own. There's many people that have that opinion, and they should be represented. Let's make sure when we get, you know, religious hate, Racial hate, gender hate, other hate that we have in this country, Dave. Let's make sure we have more people represented in Congress who uh, share those views. What do you What do you want to say about I, this? I think that's exactly right. We need to spread it around, right? Um, yeah, Joe Rogan. I, I think sometimes, and I've. I don't listen to his podcast regularly, but I've seen plenty of clips, and we all saw plenty of it. Well, he was going off the reservation talking about COVID stuff. Um, boy, he can be a Neanderthal sometimes. Yes, and, he can. And this is this is absolutely one of those times. Joe, just just shut up, just shut up. I mean, whatever you feel about what Ilan Omar said, there's. A, no reason to rehash it, and B, no need to double down with Italians like pizza, too. I mean, what are we doing? about that comparison. What are we doing? I mean, a food item 
compared to, well, you know, Jews and money and power. I mean, you know, <laughs> how, how his shortened mind can think that is an apt, is an apt comparison. And see, I don't know if I'd say don't chime in because it was, I mean, last week it was a big story, right, on, on how it was handled and taking her off one committee. So he's a prominent, popular podcaster who covers a lot of much-discussed topics. But this is, I don't even know, is it staggering anymore? I mean, is it just, is this just every day it's out there? And I don't know, I'm just going to punch his name in the, in the news situation here. Um, I don't, I don't see any, uh, backpedaling from Joe so far. No, he's not one to backpedal. I guess give him credit for that. I don't, I don't know sure if you give him credit for that or not, but no, I don't. I mean, to, <laughs> to, to say that a lot of people, you know, share her opinion. Well, Joe, that's the problem. Exactly. That's the issue, Joe. That there is yes. too much anti-Semitism in this country. That Joe are, thinks it should be represented, yes. Dave. I don't think you get it. That there are too many tropes being thrown around or people that maybe don't even know what they're saying. Maybe that's Joe's argument, that he feels that you know she was only talking about money but didn't realize exactly what she's saying. Well, okay, we should probably then maybe spread some more awareness then. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, stereotypes about a religion or race or gender – it's not the same as individuals who are from a heritage and you think they like that type of food. It's, I like pizza. I'm not even Italian. I like pizza. I, you know I just had a little bit of salad during the break. Wish that you wish it was a pizza. I'm, 100% I wish it was a pizza. Um, yes, I could go for pizza right now. Jamie Ucas, our friend from CBS and... Her uh, already successful morning show in L.A. Jamie's with us in just minutes on the home of the Wolves, WCCO. Jamie is with us. Jamie Ucas from CBS. Jamie makes a regular Tuesday appearance. As always, she is on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Did you go to Australia for lunch today? <laughs> Not today. <laughs> but you know what's funny about that? I was just looking at what prices are uh, for spring break. So, <laughs> but no, no lunch at this particular hour. This is your place. Your fiance Doug is from Australia. Um, yeah, you already had traveled to Australia multiple times before you met Doug. It's yes. a little bit closer because it's in L.A. So <laughs> just a little it's, bit, uh, just a little it's bit, just, just a little bit. So talk about, talk about your love of Australia. <laughs> well, it's not the love. I mean, I, I have to be honest with you. The day I landed, there was a mass shooting in this country. They don't, um, they don't have mass shootings in Australia. So there's, there's number one, uh, number two, avocado toast originated from there. Fantastic. Um, 
they have really cute animals like koalas and kangaroos. <laughs> um, you know, what else? What else could you want? The beaches are beautiful. Yep. When I've not had a chance to go and I want to and I will at some point, I hope. I My friends about, who about, have traveled. How about you go uh, um, February 29th, 2024? I'm planning on that. In fact, let that, that, that is on <laughs> the uh, calendar. I believe a friend of mine has an event that day, so I, uh, I plan on uh, being there. We were doing um, planning last night, so uh, you might want to start looking at that. Yes, that's fantastic. I hear when people say it's just easy. You know, it's it's not exactly easy to get there because it's work. But once you're there, oh, it's, it's easy. great. There's so many yeah. things to the do. The people are amazing. Yes. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Yeah, I, I have nothing bad to say. I mean, they do have spiders and snakes that will kill you. But if you avoid the outback, you're pretty much okay. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's, that's good. Avoid dying would be a <laughs> yep. Would be always a good recommendation. Right? Can we tell yeah. people? Can we tell people what's happening February twenty ninth next year? Yeah, we're getting married. It's, we're taking a leap on leap day. That's pretty good. I I wonder, is that a popular day for people? No, I found out it is not. It's actually been great for us because so many people don't want to have their anniversary every four years. However, in the United States, it will be February twenty eighth. So I get like the best of both worlds. Oh, that's and, pretty good. And, and all the and all the vendors are open. So, you know. Which like when do you actually celebrate your anniversary on the actual day anyway? You know, you usually Stuff's do it like on. the weekend after yeah. or the weekend before, mm-hmm. right? So Yeah, that's that's a good one. Now, if it was here in the States, okay. Yeah. Would you still yeah. do it on the 29th or do you want to have that date where you can celebrate it every year? Um, I don't know. I actually know. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, yeah. I'm also, I mean, you've met me, Chad. I'm not like, I'm not the most sentimental person with that kind of stuff. I'm more mm-hmm. like, you know, in the moment, like cards, letters. I love that kind of thing. But like when it comes to dates and that kind of and, and like stuff like material things. I'm just like not that sentimental. Okay, let's talk. Uh, let's talk dating here. Uh, your friend Leo DiCaprio. I think you're in book club with him. He uh, he likes to date attractive younger women, and mm-hmm. the latest woman he has been tied yeah. to is a 19 year old. Nine. Wait, who is that person? It's a model. I I forget her name, but he's receiving more criticism than normal because now we're talking an age difference, Jamie, of twenty nine years. Forty that's a lot eight to nineteen. Now you set me up with someone you said yeah, I think she's like eight, ten years younger. Well, it turned out she was a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more than that. And I was the one who was reluctant for a little bit on the age gap. And then I finally said, "Why do I care? Uh, I like her. She's fun. She's yeah, smart." Yeah, because she wasn't. She wasn't reluctant on it at all. She she was actually no. like that was a pro. 
Yeah, no, she was she was pro on that. She's the one who convinced me when, and also a number of friends are like, "What is wrong with you?" You know, and so I said, "Well, that's a long that's a, a long answer involved that." But Would you like the number to my therapist, please. Exactly. How much time do you have at this point? But okay, right, exactly. you here forty eight to nineteen, and you think what? Well, a couple of things go through my mind. First of all, a 19-year-old does not know who they are at all. Um, so I I think, you know, there's there's a problem in that. I mean, clearly it's legal. She's over 18, but I don't know that that makes it necessarily the right move. Um, sometimes people just are attracted to each other. But I, yep. I also think, like, there's usually something else going on there. Like, um, you know, as, as someone who isn't now in their 40s, like, just, I, I don't understand what types of conversations or interests they may have outside of their bedroom. Um, and I just don't think that makes for a long-term relationship. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I've, I've decided on most of these cases, who am I to say? Because I don't know yeah. all the particulars. And yeah. let's say she's 29 and he's 58. I wouldn't care. And again, it's just talk show. Yeah, it's not like this is keeping it's me up, isn't it? Yeah, the nineteen-year-old part, though. It is interesting. That I, yeah, I think if you're over the age of thirty, honestly, most anything to me is acceptable because I feel like you've started to kind yeah. of know who you are. You're mm-hmm. making, you know, life decisions. If you're single, you you may have like bought a house or you've had to make some big financial decisions by that point, like. At that point, you want a 24-year age difference? Like, who am I to say? But I feel like under the age of 30, I, I do question the longevity. How about under the age of 20? <laughs> I mean, that's... Well, that's, I mean, that's, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I yeah. I think there are clearly some, some things here that uh, that wouldn't be for me. I mean, I'll just put it no. that way. No. Yeah. He... He doesn't struggle for companionship, though. He seems to he seems to find, find individuals who want to hang out with him. Now, I saw a story the other day about daytime dating. And more couples, even if they have to work this through their work, are figuring out a way, whether it's once every other week, once a month, maybe it's even once a week, where instead of the traditional, okay, you're done with work, you're done with work or I'm done with work, you know, you're doing whatever where people are getting together. Maybe it's just a simple lunch or it's they're going somewhere on a walk or to a museum or a run, you name it. Daytime dating, uh, pro or con. Daytime dates. Is that what you, the last Yeah. Yeah. Up my yes, as you switched well. over to your Bluetooth. That was impressive. I, I like it. <laughs> I'm a busy lady, Chad. If we're going to make this work, I've got to be able to shift gears pretty quickly. I know. Um, I I love a good daytime date. I actually think that takes like a lot of pressure off of, um, you know, especially when you're just starting out, like a, a relationship. I think it, it's a lot. it's a lot less pressure of like, you know getting all dressed up and like making sure, you know, like, and I feel like nighttime dates, it's like, okay, what do you do? You usually go for a drink, dinner, daytime dates. Like you, 
can go hiking. You can see if they really are athletic like they say they are. Or, or like, let's grab a cup of coffee and, you know, um, just sit and chat for a little while. Like, how how do they take their latte? Are they not a coffee drinker? Like, I think you notice um, different things than just doing the traditional, you know, drink and dinner or drink and show kind of situation. I think it's a good call. And it's also, it's not just like your first date or two. It's if you're in a relationship. And let's say certain things are kind of, I don't want to say stale, but hey, we're going back to the same restaurant or we're going with the same couple. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's predisposed to be a night thing. And then maybe if you have kids, guess what? The daytime activities on the weekend, guess what they are? I'm going to ice, I'm going to skating practice or we're going to the hoops game or whatever it might be. So I think it's a a good idea. Um, Tell me about the show. What's going on on the morning show? And do you have a story coming up on CBS News that we could plug? Yeah. So, I I mean, the show, I feel like, is a constant evolution, which is what it's supposed to be right now as you kind of kick things off. Um, I've been having a lot of fun. I know a lot of Minnesotans have been in town um, for various uh, work-related projects. The Grammys were here. I know some people came in for that. Um, so, um you know, we've been, I've been getting texts and, and emails and stuff of like, hey, I saw you on the TV. That's pretty cool. Um, so that's been fun. I will say I have a story I'm shooting tomorrow that I'm really excited about. I can't reveal too many details, but for CBS More, it will be, um, it will be something of interest to people who like Imagine Dragons or the band Neon Trees. Okay. Um, and uh, pretty cool story there. I um, I also have a story that um, I shot a little bit ago that we're trying to get on. Do, do you remember the the um, the genre emo as an emo music? Yes, I, I wasn't familiar with it, but I remember seeing stories about it. Well, it's back, <laughs> and these emo nights across the country have become these huge, like hugely popular. Um, nights of the week for different concert venues and it turns out it's not just like 40 somethings like me who got really invested in the music after the 9-11 attacks um but now it's like 19 20 year olds in the club because they've had to survive the pandemic um and they're they're out now um really celebrating the genre so i'll have that coming up too um and then last week i was on the talk which is kind of like a childhood uh um you know dream come true i always wanted i always wanted to be like sally jesse Raphael, phil donahue or oprah so i got to live out my my talk show moment last week and um they may have me back uh when somebody well, when somebody's off i guess i did okay and they said you know the next time we can have you we'd like to take you so i'm looking forward to that so we're conflicted on this, okay, because we, we love you. We want you to succeed. But Dave Harrigan, step in and tell Jamie why we're conflicted on, on Jamie going on the talk. I have no idea what you're talking about, Chad. Oh, stop. Stop. I love I love every bit of the talk. I've got it on the TV oh, right now. Such, we're, we're doing such a, uh, such a fraud. We're showing a quilt uh, set right now. Uh, we're annoyed. Uh, the show is annoyed by Jerry O'Connell. Now, Why? We'll, He's such a nice guy. Okay, Dave, stop stop lying now and, and explain why you in particular are annoyed by Jerry O'Connell. Uh, every, every day at 1 o'clock, Rusty Ray comes here for the top of the hour news. 
and we have the talk okay. up on on one of the TVs here in the studio. And we watch as they as they come in, and Jerry's got his own little special camera thing, and he's mean mugging the camera, and we we laugh at it every day, and we think, oh God, there it is again. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, the funny thing is, Jerry O'Connell was our first guest uh, on our new morning show, and I have to tell you guys, he's a delightful human being, and yeah, he's Dave. super how, funny. How do you feel, Dave? Um, so I I can't uh, I I can't like feed into this negativity about Jerry. Yeah, why don't you apologize, Dave? Go ahead. I only said it because that's what you were thinking, and you didn't have the guts to do it. <laughs> Rusty Ray right. just walks in here with thumbs down. <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's a. It's a it's I've also learned in media that you never trash talk other people in media because whatever you're saying about somebody is being said about you. Yeah, yeah. Chad. <laughs> Trust me, I'm fam- <laughs> I'm familiar with that. All right, I gotta go. Love you. Drive safe, and uh, we'll talk too. next week. Take care. Okay, bye. Jamie Mucus, and that ended our chances of Jerry O'Connell on the show.